So today we're continuing our sermon series on the last week of Jesus's life. We entered with Jesus into Jerusalem and heard the cries of Hosanna as people laid their cloaks on the road. Last week, we went with Jesus into the temple where he spent the majority of the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of that last week of his life. Um, But today we've arrived at Thursday which is the day that we remember uh, Jesus shared his last supper with the disciples. I'm going to read to you the passage of scripture. It's found in Luke chapter 22. If you want to follow along in your Bible, uh, I'll be starting at verse 1 of chapter 22. Now the festival of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And so Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. And he replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of that house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make your preparations there. And so they left and found things just as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When they, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. I'm going to stop there, but uh, come back to uh, come back to a later part in just a little bit. There's a, just a few things that stand out to me from this passage and how they relate with all that's going on in the world around us today. The first of them is this: you know, we we come together around this table with Jesus on this Thursday of the last week of his life. And it's around this table that Jesus takes bread and says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It, it, 
is striking and impactful to me that when we share this meal together, we name and we remember and we experience this truth that Jesus is present with us. Jesus is present with us in this meal. Jesus is present with us in in our lives. Jesus is present with us in all things. And that is good news for you and for me on a day and on a week like this. To remember that in the midst of a pandemic, Jesus is with us. And in the midst of a falling stock market, Jesus is with us. And in the midst of all sorts of fear and uncertainty and panic and chaos, Jesus is with us. You know, even if this was a a, a regular week in the lives of, of you and me, I'm of the opinion that the only way to keep it life amid all the challenges, and, and, and we're talking about regular everyday challenges here, not a, a global uh, pandemic and not a falling stock market and not the sort of chaos and panic that we're seeing today, but the only way to keep it life in the midst of regular everyday challenges is through the hope that's conveyed in this bread and this juice that Jesus really is present with us. That's the only way to keep it life and to have hope. It's from this promise that Jesus is present with us. It makes my mind go to the to the final words of John Wesley on his deathbed. He was reported to have said, The best of all is God with us. The best of all is God with us. Friends, that's the first thing that I want us to, to remember and focus on as we gather around this table with Jesus and as we see his body given for us and, and we remember him, we remember that he is present with us and that is the best thing that we could ever ask for. But we also are told that he's not just with us, but we also have the assurance that everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be more than all right because he is establishing a new covenant. In verse 20 of, of this chapter, he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You see, uh, in less than 24 hours after this meal, we know that uh, Jesus will go to the garden and then to the cross. And and this covenant that he is establishing will be sealed with his actual blood. And then a few days after that, he will be risen victorious over it all. And and that tells us something. It tells us that, that Jesus takes the worst that we could ever do and he does away with it. It tells us that that Jesus takes on the worst that the world could possibly throw at us and he comes out on top of it all. 
In his death and resurrection, Jesus takes on the worst that we could ever do and offers us forgiveness for all the wrongs that we've ever done or that we always ever could do. And and in his death and resurrection, Jesus takes on the worst that the world could possibly throw at us, and he comes out on top. In this meal of bread and cup, we are given a glimpse of a new heaven and a new earth, where God's kingdom reigns and all things have been redeemed and made well. We have this promise, not only that Jesus is present with us, but that all things will be all right. All things will be all right. You know, I, as I read this, I, I can't imagine what must have been going on in Jesus's mind and in his heart um, during this meal because he knew what awaited him in the next few hours. From here, he goes to the garden where he prays for God to remove this cup from him. He was most assuredly afraid of his impending arrest and trial and beating and crucifixion and death. He was surely grieved over his friend who was about to betray him and his other friend who would deny him and all the rest of his friends who would abandon him. And and it occurs to me that so many responses could have been warranted by Jesus in the face of all of these things that he's dealing with and, and afraid of. He, he, he could have done any number of things. He, he could have become completely overwhelmed by the unknown and the panic. Um, he could have distanced himself from his friends. He, he could have lost all hope and despair out of fear. He could have resorted to self-preservation, maybe by uh, hoarding all the toilet paper. Um, he could have lashed out in violence like his disciples seemed to want to do. And it strikes me that 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 all of these responses that Jesus could have had are, are responses that any one of us would have in a moment like this, in, in the moments where we face the unknown, in the moments that are filled with fear, in the moments of chaos. We could have responded in any of those ways as well. We do respond in any of those ways too. But yet Jesus doesn't respond in those ways. Instead, the way Jesus responds is completely different. I'm going to read to you a passage uh, continuing on in Luke 22, starting at verse 24. A dispute also arose among the disciples as to which of them was considered to be greatest. And Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood behind me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as, if, as my father conferred one on me, 
so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus says, I am among you as one who serves. In the midst of all the fear and the panic and, and the thoughts of, of self-preservation or, or whatever it is that Jesus had going on in his heart and in his mind, what does he do? He serves. He serves his friends a meal. In John's gospel, he stoops down to wash their feet. He shows compassion and love. And he invites us to do the same. He invites us to do the same in the moments like the ones we're facing today. In the moments that are filled with fear and uncertainty. In the moments when it's easy to panic. In the moments where it's easy to look out only for ourselves. In the moments where it's easy to withdraw completely from the world around us. Jesus invites us to live the way that he did. A life of service, compassion, love. Jesus models for us another way. And so in the face of of all that is going on in our world today, I uh, ran across this checklist for followers of Jesus in the face of the coronavirus. And I shared it with you on your uh, bulletins this morning. Um, I'm just going to walk through these. This is how we as followers of Jesus are called to respond uh, in the light of all that's going on around us in the world. First of all, pray. Pray daily for God to use our hands and our feet, our words and our life to serve others just like he does in this scripture. Number two, I've checked on a a local elderly friend or family member to let them know I'm willing to make a grocery run now to help keep them out of the crowds. Uh, There's been several people in our congregation already who have reached out to me and said, is there anyone in our congregation who could, who could use someone to go get something for them or uh, do something for them? That's what it means to, to live the kind of life that Jesus lived is, is to serve. Number three, I, I've donated to a local organization that stands ready to help the helpless in, the commun- in my community if a crisis escalates. Number four, I've donated to UMCOR, another international organization that cares for people in a country in which the coronavirus has run rampant. Number five, I've evaluated my own motives, preparation, behavior to make sure I'm not likely to add complexity to my community resources. It's not about self-preservation, right? It's about we're all in this together. The next one, I've found ways to resist fear-based racism in my daily conversation about the virus. And finally, um, I've expressed gratitude and respect for at least one public official who is walking into the face of this virus. Doctors, nurses, police, government officials, school administrators and teachers, uh, pastors, 
none of us have 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 led in this sort of uh, capacity before, and we're all trying to figure it out together. So show grace, express gratitude, show respect. Think not only of ourselves but others. How can we serve rather than responding with panic or fear or isolation or self-preservation? How can we embody the way that Jesus lived as we see evidenced in this Last Supper meal? Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we give you thanks for this day in the life of Jesus and for your presence with us always. We are reminded in a tangible way that you are present with us in this bread and in this juice. Help us to carry that sense of hope with us as we go out into the world and face everything that, that is out there and all the unknown that exists in our world today. God, help us to remember that you are not just present with us, but that you are working to make all things good, to make all things new, all things right. And God, we just pray that you would help us to to live the sort of life that, that Jesus does to be the sort of people who will carry forward your kingdom message and be your hands and feet in the world that we wouldn't think only of ourselves, but we would serve those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.